Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Romans, neighbors, countrymen, children of all ages, the Rick Emerson Show begins in mere moments. Stand by. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. It is 503-228-4101. If you would like to be part of our show today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, amusements, whatever ye might have to amuse your compatriots and countrymen. It is 503-228-4101. Or you can uh, email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or nibbler at KUFO. Com. Coming up in today's uh, show, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will join us from Los Angeles. It is the confluence of all things great and terrible. It is, but I'd like to point out that I was the first one to predict that this would happen. About three, three and a half weeks ago, we went from having Gloria Allred uh, nowhere in the public eye to having Gloria Allred living with the Octomom to having Gloria Allred removed from the Octomom's house by force. And now, as I predicted, it has come to pass. Gloria Allred is, in fact, suing the Octomom. So it becomes a little bit of uh, the snake eating its tail at that point. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Seeing the radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us from New York City. From TMZ, we will talk to Katie Darrell and Don Taylor from Cinematical will grace the uh, studios later on today as well. Plus, we have the uh, top five. We have the top five songs under two minutes in length. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, later on today. The top five songs under two minutes in length. A pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's going to be at the New Mark May 29th. And a pair of tickets to see... Brett Michaels and what may or may not be actual hair. So that's all on the internet of the day. It's uh, 503-228-4101, plus a geek watch coming up today, a penis watch coming up today, and something else that seemed really compelling that I've put into some pile over here that subsequently vanished into stacks and stacks of paper. So let's forget that I mentioned that right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are here in Portland, Oregon. We are joined by Sarah X. Dillon today. And always, hello, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing quite splendidly. How are you? I'm fantastic, is how I am. That is good to hear. On the scale of 1 to 10, I would say that I am somewhere around a 7.7. Because... If for no other reason than in addition to my incredibly emasculating pink toothbrush that I have with me every day. Why do you carry that thing around with you? Because the dentist gave it to me and it's free. And (laughs) because I have a whole uh, drawer full of things. Here's the thing is that I have an entire drawer full of toothbrushes at home that I'm afraid to use because at one point I have dropped them on the floor or they've brushed up against something else or they've fallen into like i have a shaving kit that i carry around and then i have this protective case that goes over the toothbrush to make it to keep any germs or any foreign matter from getting onto it but the instant that something touches the toothbrush i feel like i don't want to use it because it's covered with schmutz but by the same token i don't want to throw it away because i bought you know i paid for it and it's two dollars and 95 cents worth of toothbrush as chris rock's uh, dad would say that does look like a fancy toothbrush that has like the the gum simulator thing and then so i fall into this hellish nether world where i got all these toothbrushes that i don't want to use but i don't want to throw away this one however i haven't dropped it on the floor it hasn't touched anything foul other than my own mouth and it hasn't come into contact with anything off-putting so I used this this morning, and my mouth is cleaner because of it. Except for you're setting it on the counter in our radio station studio. And I sat in the kitchen last night, and I had, I would say, the better part of a, uh, you know, one of those half-gallon things of ice cream? Not like the Ben & Jerry's thing, but the square thing of ice cream? I had, like, a third of a half-gallon thing of ice cream, so however much that is. I'm a product of outcome-based education in American schools, so I don't, I don't really know how much ice cream that is, but it's a lot. And I didn't even buy, like, I didn't, I didn't even get out of the kitchen. Like, I just sat there in the kitchen and just shoveled it into my face. So, in any event, so now I got this whole compulsive mouth scrubbing thing going on today. Lucky us. 
Way more than you asked for. It's 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk today, tracking the following stories is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. The assistant manager of Car Toy said he smelled alcohol in the mayor's breath after he got into that car crash over the weekend. Wow. Of course, the mayors probably think that's another gay stereotype <laughs> of the gay drunken driver. That's just hating, Tim. Praying at all stereotypes. Well, of course, the police didn't take any reports, so he got away with that scot-free, but who knows what he's up to now. Now, 17 confirmed flu cases are reported here in Oregon. Shoppers arm themselves and defend themselves against an attacker in the Clackamas Home Depot parking lot. Crime will not spread in that area of the county. Oh, and uh, Michael Savage has been banned from visiting the U.K. Michael Savage, whose real name is Michael Weiner, uh, can't go there because of his extreme views. He's on the same uh, do-not-enter list as Fred Phelps. Let's... The idea of Fred Phelps, by the way, being on a do not enter list is sort of funny in any yeah. number of and ways. His name is Michael Weiner, really. Michael Weiner, yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Let's get this, uh, back to this business of Sam Adams for a second. Yes, let's get back to that. So this is at Car Toys, and so he was. Uh, this is what he called a fender bender, but was really just a full on collision. Uh, we saw the, the pictures of the cars. He pretty much wrecked them. He uh, stepped on the accelerator. Instead of the brake. But, I mean, he went into one car and then all the way to the other end of the parking lot and landed at the other end of the lot, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was over like a good hundred yeah, yards, a, it looked like. Yeah, it's a fender bender. So the guy who runs the store... Would the he, assistant manager of Car Toys said he smelled alcohol on his honor's breath at the scene. Wow. Wow. Things just keep getting better and better. And I do believe, by the way, what is today? Today's May 5th. It is Cinco de Mayo. Uh, so today, I believe, is the six-month... After the election, but I think yeah. it is six months as of today, which means that the uh, not that I'm advocating or suggesting this should take place, but the recall could start taking effect as of this morning. Yes, it so, could. And somebody else could run. It's going to be the best day ever. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO. More ahead. Stay ahead. Pick up the phone and call 1-800-344-KUFO. I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock oh, 101. Kids. KUFO. So just the, crazy music. the greatest thing just happened now as this song is wrapping up. That song, which was uh, All Apologies by Nirvana from their album In Utero. So Tim puts on his headphones and then his eye is sort of narrow and his eye, his his forehead sort of it furrows. And he says, what's this strange noise that I'm hearing in my headphones? And I put on I put on my own headphones and I turned them up and I was just listening to the song. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, it sounds strange. It sounds all weird. What is this noise that we're playing right now? And I said, that's that's Nirvana, Tim. And he said, oh, it sounds very odd. Is this how it's supposed to sound? So, Well, I was wondering why it wasn't corrected before it was put on the 45. No, it's magic. It's yes. art, Tim. Tim, that's the way they put it on the Victrola, and that's the way that we choose to play it here. Well, it's right. the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Tuesday morning. In mere moments, we will be joined by CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Tuesday. The Portland Lumberjacks are leaving the city. An orphan mountain goat finds a new home. A Florida man uses a weed whacker to attack a vicious pit bull. And Elizabeth Edwards tells Oprah it's complicated whether or not she still loves her disgraced husband. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to see your wife saying on television. You can just sort of see half your bank account floating away in the breeze with every word that leaves her mouth. But she just wrote a book. What, this, is, um, this is Elizabeth Edwards? Yes, Elizabeth Edwards. All right. The, by the way, I will say, having watched part of, um, part of the interview she did 
I guess it was last year. Maybe it was like 2020 or something. I guess it was right before the election. She did some show. But she's got a great uh, stage presence, Elizabeth Edwards. She's got a very, I mean, she's very self-possessed when she's on stage. She has a good, strong sense of, you I know. I can't remember what she looks like. Sense of her own delivery. She's a a, a, a person of size. Portly uh, woman? She's She kind of looks like Holly Hobby, uh, like if she was force-fed for five or six months. I mean, she seems very, tr- in Utah, uh, they would call her a sweet spirit. But you don't want to get on the wrong side of her. She does seem to have that sort of Midwestern, uh, like she'll cut your junk off if you cross her, uh, kind of a look going on. Like a Jane Curtin type of thing. Exactly. Uh, Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and stylish man of the world, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello to you, sir. Did you know I was wearing a tie today or something? No. No, I didn't. No, it's just that you are stylish. It is just a a certain elan. It is a a panache that uh, that you have about you, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. Hey, Thanks. just one more thing back on the uh, on the Elizabeth Edwards deal. So I was reading an article about that Oprah thing. When is that going to air? Do we know? Is that going to be today? Oh, look. I don't know. I I think I think it might be today. I, I saw that we have uh, like you know they released some clips ahead of time. Well, they do that softening up the ground thing where they put out some of the audio ahead of time so everybody kind of knows what to expect. Yeah, we have some of those in the system here. I, I, I think it's it, it must be today if they release the clip. As I understand it, the only caveat that they had before she went into the interview on Oprah which it was that they could not use the name of the woman that Edwards was was stooping uh, on the side, which is Raleigh Hunter or whatever her name is, the sort of the, that bottle blonde chick that had his uh, had his his allegedly had his, his love child. Here's Thursday. Okay, so it's, yeah, so it's going to be uh, so it's going to be later on this week. All right, well, in any event. Hey, let me ask you this before we plunge on in ahead here. It says that, quote, Wall Street rolls Monday, pushing the major gauges to multi-month highs. But it's just such a relative statement. That's the sort of thing you hear in radio sometimes when they say, look, our ratings are up 7,000%. And what that means is that there was like five guys listening to your station before. And now there's 150 guys listening to the station, which means that it's a massive increase, but not actual good news. Aren't percentages great? You yes, can they make, are. You can make, you know, small gains sound immense. And so this is, is this like actual news about which we should be ecstatic? Well, you know, the, the market hasn't been at this point uh, since January. It is looking a little bit better. Yesterday we had some really great news in the housing front. Uh, construction spending was up and pending home sales uh, in March were up dramatically, 3.2%. So they're starting to see a, a turn. This is the second month in the row where they've had some good news in the housing market. So they are starting to see some signs that the housing market's coming around. If that can be sustained, then they think the rest of the economy could follow, you know, several months behind. And then on the General Motors front, so I had somebody ask me this the other day, but I am the world's the worst person to ask about anything that is automotive or sports related. I am a, uh, I really am much less than a man in that regard. But they were talking about, I think they specifically seized on, like, the Pontiac Knight Rider uh, car. And they said, well, you know, because there's so much made of Pontiac just being shut down altogether. The General Motors is turning off the Pontiac line. And they said, right. well, why can't they kind of go through the Pontiac line and cherry pick the things that are the most popular or the cars that do sell and just roll those over into just the main production line of General Motors? You know what I mean? In other words, if you know, if you view uh, Pontiac as sort of being like an independent record label that is under the aegis of a larger label, why can't you just go through and take the bands that are working and put them on the main label, if that makes sense? And I don't really have an answer to that, but it does seem like, it seems like that might be the best of all worlds. It's funny you say that, because there's a couple of, uh, you know, dealers out there who make a ton of money, and they're getting together with some investors to try to put together an offer to GM to buy the Pontiac brand, 
They wouldn't necessarily, uh, they probably wouldn't buy the production lines, but they want to buy the brand, the logo, and, uh, and try to you know, continue marketing it because they think it's still very marketable, whether that means they would produce their own cars or produce other cars under the Pontiac brand. Uh, you know, it's not really clear, but it's it's an idea that's floating out there. You know what they ought to do? Even if they don't think it, it's possible at this point, one of the guys from GM or some of these failing, imploding automotive companies, they ought to just do, you know, it's like that Jack Kennedy thing where he stood in the, you know, the floor of Congress and said, I propose that we send a man to the moon and bring him back safely to Earth before the end of the decade, which at the time just seemed like he was on crack, but then we somehow managed to pull ourselves together and do it because we are a nation of Americans. I think that they ought to just get together and what is, ought to issue some sort of an edict or a timeline for a flying car. They ought to just say, we propose that within seven years we will create a flying car that will travel to a cloud city where you will be served by a robot maid. And then, you know, just kind of see what the reaction is. I mean, there can't be any law against it. You know what's interesting, though? Uh, you know all about Fiat uh, taking over Chrysler, right? And now they want to buy GM's Opel line in Germany. Have you ever driven an Opel while, no. you, while you were in Europe? No, I have not. They're, they're, they're not bad. They're, they're okay. Uh, well, Fiat now is positioning itself to be one of the, the world's largest automakers, to be up there in the top five to compete with, like, Toyota, Volkswagen, uh, and GM. And, and so did you ever drive a Fiat when they were back in, in the U.S.? Uh, they, they left the U.S. market in 1980, but did you ever drive a Fiat before that? Tim is giving it a, right now, the CBS Radio News Department here in Portland is actually giving it a vociferous thumbs down. Well, he's not alone, because I spoke to Michelle Krebs, and she's an editor at uh, EdmondsAutoObserver.com, and she said, you know, if Fiat's going to re-enter the U.S. market, which they plan to do, they've got some issues. Frankly, uh, Fiat's got some work to do on the quality side. If you look at some of the J.D. Power reports uh, overseas, their vehicles are not way high up on that quality list. Wow. wow, that was like Edie McClurg as auto reviewer right there. <laughs> so they've got some issues, although they want to bring the Alfa Romeo back uh, to the U.S. as well. So that's kind of cool. Alfa Romeo is going to be my porn name, by the way, just, you know, when Alfa I start Romeo. the secondary like that. career. All right. But uh, they also, you know, want to introduce the 500, the, the Fiat 500, which I think is even smaller than the Mini. It's like the Italian Mini. You may have seen, like, those uh, those cars like in the '60s and those classic movies uh, in Italy, like uh, what was the one with Audrey Hepburn where she plays a princess? I don't know, but I will tell you that logically speaking, I don't think something could be smaller than a mini. I think exactly. that is linguistically implausible. Well, apparently there it is, and they want to introduce it here in the U.S. I don't know how wise a decision that would be. No, oh, good God Almighty! All right, well, just wake me when there's jetpacks. That's really all I care about at this juncture. Will do. All right, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk later on. Jim Roop about Allred versus Octomom. Uh, we have a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. Uh, those come along with a meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage with him. That's on the way as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning, it's 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. The owners of the Portland Lumberjacks say they're leaving and they're not coming back. So take that. They play a professional lacrosse. Is that the thing with a 
bat that's like a basket? It's it's like that. It, I always want to compare it to that uh, trackball thing or whatever it was. That, that that thing that they sold when I was a kid, which uh, in retrospect was probably just Mattel's version of ripping off uh, lacrosse. Where it was like you, it was like that. Uh, it was like that cup and ball game you would play as a kid. You know, where it was like the ball on a string. Kind of like hockey without ice. It's like that, but it's like with guys with well-shaped calves. I mean, that's really all I know. What if we offer them a new stadium, like we're offering everybody else? Would they stay? I keep pushing for a high-life stadium, but nobody listens to me. Also, squash. I would accept squash or perhaps cricket. And often, bocce, bocce, I would accept, bocce but no one brings that either. So you know, I don't know what that is. It's not a. It's, it's just a. It's, it's not a man's. It's not. A, it's not a cosmopolitan city in which we live, Tim. What are you going to do? We have a heartwarming story about an orphan mountain goat who has now found a new home. This uh, female named Montana was found in the desolate mountains near Pocatello, and nobody in Idaho wanted it. So now she's been moved to the Oregon Zoo and welcomed by the resident goat herd. She'll make her official debut at an exhibit of mountain goats on May 11th. Is this really the depths to which we've sunk as an animal-loving people in Portland that we're making the debut of a goat a news story? Look, yes. it's a water skiing school. It's, it's, it's enough to cheer everybody up in That's this like, economy. Like having a charming housefly exhibit. Look over there. It's a stinky thing that eats trash. That's fantastic. Bring your kids, won't you please? All right. Sugar Ray is making a major comeback with a new album in the summer tour. Sugar Ray who? Sugar Ray. Oh, uh, Sugar Ray the band? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was so desperately hoping this would be a boxing Mark story. Mark McGrath, did he wear out his welcome at the Extra Studios? And don't forget his uh, sterling performance on Rock and Roll Jeopardy, at which, by the way, he was the best contestant I've ever seen in my life. Say anything you want about Sugar Ray. Uh, with Two things. Did you ever see that horrifying, um, and it wasn't even like a leaked thing. It was like an actual sanctioned, like, like the porn release that that guy put out? No. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it was like him and Kid Rock backstage. <laughs> No, 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 that was Scott Stapp. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Kid Rock and Scott Stapp. I'm oh. talking about Kid Rock and Mark Kid McGrath. Rock Every time I hear Stapp, I think of Stapp infection. They were, they were, filed that joke away for about six months from now with the Creed reunion is a full swing. No, there was, there's some video that put out where it was like, it was like Mark McGrath, and I'm almost positive the other guy was Kid Rock, and just, just filling out some chick like an application backstage in Ew. like Ohio or something. And then they you were know, like, we ought to sell this. Sure, why not? And, you know, and they, and then it was like in every, it was like at every skate store uh, right next to like the weird, you know, like the, uh, you know, Ollie board video or something. So there's, uh, but he was on Rock and Roll Jeopardy about, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. I saw this and it was unbelievable. It was like, it was, it was as though that is what he was put on the earth for. I mean, he just cleaned everybody else's clock. I mean, he went through the, the board. I mean, just, I don't think he missed a single question. So there was, I had to give him just a small grudging amount of respect for that. Well, I'm sorry. here September 12th. I'm sorry, Tim, but you said that they're back? Yes, back. Are they uh, releasing new music? Yes. All right. Then we have the 911 uh, operator who hung up on somebody trying to get some service. 911. I need an ambulance for heart Well, okay, first of all, you don't need to swear over 911. Okay. And slow down. Ambulance. Wow. 911. Um, are you going to give me an ambulance? Are you going to swear again, you stupid Are we going to have a huh? No, you're are not going to have a problem. Problem. You lose your 911. I just want to know what's your name because you're getting sued. Good. What is it? Good. Good for you because you're a buffoon. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Henry, the 911 operator. Holy God. Uh, you know, it's, there used to be this, uh, Charles, I'm not advocating violence against anybody, of course. Violence is wrong, it's immoral, it's illegal, it's not a way to resolve conflicts. I mean, it is, but you shouldn't do it.
even if it is very tempting, other people who sorely deserve it. Anyway, there's this movie uh, by Charles, uh, this Charles Bronsonville called Telephone, came out years ago, and it was about a guy who had the, just this really invidious device where you could kill someone over the telephone by means of an electronic pulse. And every time I hear a call like this, or every time I, uh, every time I have to listen to some jackass claiming that their menu options have recently changed, which is never true, by the way, that is a web of lies. That's a fiction spun by a company that doesn't want to be bothered to actually help me with anything. I just so desperately long for that device to be real. Just think how just deeply and just, uh, just unbelievably satisfying it would be. Uh, next time, um, some dick is on the end of the phone going, I'm sorry, if you can just, uh, no, your call will be taken in the order it was received. Sir, if I could just have you, and you just press a button, one less jackass. So, I'm just saying, I mean, not not that this 911 operator deserves that to well, happen to I can't believe he thought he'd get away with that. Seriously, it's not, it's not as though 911 calls are being recorded or a matter of public record. And then he lied when he talked to another dispatcher. Sergeant, get out of here. Help us understand. Get out of here. What were you thinking? No comment. What were you thinking, sir? You put a life in danger, you put the taxpayers at risk. Seriously, they got to be taken up back and beaten with a chain. And he's only been suspended with pay. Uh, all right. God bless America. <laughs> you need a government job. That's right, Tim. A Kansas woman said a census taker came to her door and asked some inappropriate questions. He started asking her how many people live there and if she wanted a back rub. <laughs> he then went asked what color her panties were. He then started uh, touching her, and then she closed the door. Well, she it assumed is for... the guy was an imposter. It is for science, Tim. Actuarial tables don't create themselves. An official of the Census Bureau has not yet released the man's name, but calls it an unfortunate situation and says it'll be handled. Did you? Sounds like something else was going to be handled, Tim. Yeah! <laughs> Sounds like something else was going to be handled. Handled! Thank you. Uh, and this is all true. Do you suppose he came right out of the gate with the, the wood color of your panties? Uh, I think that was like the third question on the like list. sounds like a build-up question. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, don't you figure you have to get to like, and... Like, uh, how many chickens do you have? Exactly. So, and do you have uh, three faucets in your house? Three. Great. That's that's wonderful. One refrigerator? Oh, great. That's uh, that's wonderful. Any or an Audi? Uh-huh. All right. And uh, your bra. Is it the cross-your-heart variety? That's fantastic. Will you have sex with me? No. Okay, we'll come back to that one. All right. Don't, don't feel like you have to answer right now. Now, Georgia man's behind bars are running naked through a lake marina over the weekend with a steak knife shouting, they're coming to get me. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. In in like, in retrospect, it was true. Yes. That's the thing. It did become, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy is what that was, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then a manicure appears to be the blame for an accident that killed a motorcycle rider in Illinois. The woman was painting her nails while driving and slammed into a biker. She was giving herself a manicure just before the accident. Uh, the driver was cited for failing to reduce speed to avoid an accident and could face additional charges. Hey, back on this business of the guy who was naked and carrying a steak knife. Mm -hmm. uh, did, uh, where was, I mean, what was he running through? Was it, did you say it was like a public, it was a park it, it or something? It was a, uh, a marina. Here's my question is, <laughs> do guys like that, I mean, do they leave the house nude and then get in the car nude and then they drive to the place nude and they get out of the car nude and then they go to the area where said running is going to take place nude and then they begin the run? That is a good question. They used to be able to change in a phone booth, but not so much anymore. I mean, it's one of those things where you figure that, I, I mean, that is, that's like an appointment. That's appointment offense right there where you've got to be planning in advance. And is it, as I always go, but this is one of my most frequently used metaphors. It is like when you go into the, uh, like, uh, the bathroom at some sort of like a greasy spoon dive or like a truck stop or something. And there's all the hideous scatological graffiti with various colors of marker. 
I mean, it's like I only have people a, drawing pictures of people's anatomy like that's the first time I've seen something like that. Well, and you know, it's like I do this show every single day and I sometimes forget to bring my pen in. I mean, the idea that I'm going to go to a restaurant and bring seven different shades of the spectrum with me in various marks a lot uh, varieties because I need to draw a large penis at some point. is just sort of I mean, it's strange credulity. So, all right. Showers was, through Thursday. All right. Highs near 60. OK. Nothing else. No, that's enough. Okay, fantastic. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We return just after this. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101. We're here alongside Sarah X. Dillon and at the news desk, Tim Riley, who's tracking the following headlines for you on this Tuesday morning. We'll talk more about that not-so-urban legend of the car being blown up in downtown Portland during the filming of Leverage coming up in a bit. One of the witnesses to Mayor Adams' so-called fender bender claimed he smelled alcohol on his honor's breath. And naked pictures of the controversial God-fearing Miss California are now hitting the Internet. That's fantastic. How would you even have gotten close enough to, I mean, not you, but I mean, how would somebody have gotten close enough to smell Sam Adams' breath? I mean, were the, was this a thing where the cops were called and they had to come out and there was a report made of the entire deal? Yes, well, I think you said yesterday there was they a report. Did, they didn't take, they didn't take a, a a big report on it because there were no injuries. Because that's but you see what I mean. Like if yes. you, I realize I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm just asking if the witness smelled alcohol. This is just allegedly. Mm-hmm. If the witness smelled alcohol on uh, the breath of the mayor of our fair city, yes. then it seems like the cops would have smelled alcohol. And if this was an accident of the purport of Gaussian proportions, as the photos indicate, two cars it was, got smashed, right? Right, mm-hmm. and it seems like the cops are going to have to come out there, and they're not just going to let him uh, walk. Oh, he's not going to be like, "I'm the mayor. I wouldn't have done anything wrong." And then they say, "Why you're right," and then they let him go. So they would have talked to him, which means that they probably would have noticed that same alcohol smell. That's true. If they'd gotten close enough. That's what I'm saying. So I'm wondering if perhaps the mayor has a either a. This is just my assessment here as a bloviator. Is a. It's not the case, or b. Uh, the mayor, one of the perks of the running the city is you just get like a proxy who can just sort of stand there and talk to the cops for you. You know, while he just sort That'd of be great. stands there and just files his nails. <laughs> like or a something. double. Exactly, Tim. That's right. All right. Uh, coming up later on the show as well, we're going to give away, uh, we're down to, I think, two pair of tickets uh, for Brett Michaels. He's going to be at the Roseland tomorrow night. It'll be uh, two pair of tickets plus pass for you and a guest uh, at the meet and greet and the chance to go on stage to perform the final song of the night, Nothing But a Good Time, alongside Mr. Michaels Are himself. you going to do it, Rick? I will not. I, oh, I'm going to be the show. I will not be uh, standing on stage. I don't know that I've been invited, uh, first of all. I don't think I'm his type. And <laughs> I iron uh, poorly. Uh, so I will be at the show tomorrow night. I am a, I am a Brub Michaels fan, but I will not be uh, I will not be standing on stage. It, it just seems like a place I shouldn't be. That's where the universe just... I think you should rock a bandana on stage. I'm not, his biggest fan. Okay. I think you should bring on the rock. I'm not going to do that, but thank you. Uh, the universe, I think, would fold into itself and become a singularity at that point. Later on, we also have uh, Anthony Bourdain tickets uh, we're going to be giving away. He will be coming to Portland, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be at the Newmark on May 29th. Oh, yeah. Anthony you Bourdain. were going on and on about him yesterday. Didn't you say you were watching last, like, him yesterday? Yes, I was. Last night, I was watching my favorite Anthony Bourdain uh, episode. It's just show No Reservations. It's where he went to um, It's where he went to Romania. And it's, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that guy. And he's been on, I think it's four seasons or something it's on now. I think they're on the fourth season as we speak. And there's already been just some classic episodes. He did one on, um, he went to Jamaica for one, and then he did one called Disappearing Manhattan, which is where he walks around modern day Manhattan, but he goes to all of the sort of restaurants and shops and streets that look as though they did, look as they did in 19, you know, like 45, for example. Uh, it's all the places that are slowly being kind of winnowed out. Um, by the way, the, the best part about the entire evening is that I was. Were you standing there watching it as he was like, 
going on all these to all these exotic locales where you stay in there, like shoveling that gallon of ice cream in your face. It wasn't a gallon; it was half a gallon, and it wasn't the entire container. It was a third you know of the half much gallon half, container. You know how much half a gallon is, right? That's yes. a lot yes. of ice cream. I know how much half a gallon is. It's half of a gallon. Somebody's getting a little squishy. I'm just saying, and the, and the other thing is, and then you realize that you're standing there in your boxer shorts with a spoon in your hand, and I went to the four... Uh, you side didn't of, even put it in a bowl? No. It, well, no, because you put it in a bowl, then you have to admit that you're going to sit and eat a lot of ice cream. If you're just eating it directly out of the package, then you can delude yourself into just saying, well, I'm just having a small snack. I, uh... I deserve it. I've had a hard day of amusing the people for many hours. So uh, I need energy and sustenance. But I actually went to the trouble of not even getting like the little uh, spoon. Like I got the, the full. Do you have two sizes of spoons at your house? I have many sizes of spoons. I just have acquired a lot of them over. See, this is relatable because people have spoons I here like in Portland. Spoons. No, everybody Table spoons does. and teaspoons. No, see, and without spoons, you'd be left with just knives and forks. Am I right? Yes. Ah. So, I do have a spork as well. So I'm sitting there with the large spoon, and I'm just kind of going, mm, and just shoveling this tin roof something in my mouth. And the thing is, like, the dirty secret is I don't even really like ice cream. I mean, it's not a thing I even care for, because I have almost no sweet tooth. But there just wasn't really anything to eat in the house. I was just, like, if there'd been something wrapped in foil that I could have reheated, or perhaps something that I could have microwaved. But I figure, I mean, it, it, at a certain point, it just becomes kind of like a like a zero-sum game. Where I figure I expend 2,500 calories a day, I've got to replace them somehow, and there's nothing better, so I'll just just shovel it right in. And at one point, I'm standing in my kitchen in my boxer shorts with the big spoon, just sort of ladling this tin roof sundae into my mouth, realizing that, by the way, if you were driving past my house last night at around 7.30, and if you looked in my front window, you would have just seen the whole thing. You, would have you just need seen to me start closing just, your windows if you're going to be doing that. To, yeah, but that's work. It just like from just just from knees to neck, you would see me just uh, putting the whole thing in, and then you start reading the label and realizing that you don't know what caramel's made of, and then you just kind of get your brain into some sort of an envelope. You have to stop. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, straight ahead we will have uh, Octo Mom news. Tim Riley joins you later on in the hour with uh, news all about and around and from and within Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock One Hundred One KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show, available anytime. Anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning and so forth. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels when he comes to the Roseland tomorrow night. I think it's uh, we got two pair left. Uh, we are going to uh, endeavor to give away today. Later on, Anthony Bourdain tickets as well. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Tuesday morning. Well, it looks like the uh, the Gresham Courthouse is falling apart, yet people continue to work there. Uh, Miss California says, in uh, reference to her uh, saucy photos being released, I am a Christian and a model at the same time. We'll take a look at the best and worst paying jobs, and Hugh Jackman gears up for his next big movie role. That's fantastic. Wait, is this... Now, I have to clarify something before we move forward. This, Miss California, is she... What? Her name is Carrie Prejean. But is we, she the one that was talking how she was against gay marriage? Yes. No, no, no. She's not against gay marriage. She's for opposite marriage. Oh, Let's yeah. Let's try to keep all these things straight in our head, shall we? Uh, so is, She is now the spokesperson for the National Organization for Marriage. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, how nice for her. Now, is this the deal where she was Miss California competing in the Miss America? Uh, the Miss USA. Miss USA. She's the runner-up. Is Miss USA the one that Donald Trump runs? Yes. All right. I can never keep... The, or is it Miss America? Who see, but, Miss America but, but see, that's the thing. I don't know. Because there's... Which one's better? Blowing my mind. You have to stop <laughs> with all these questions. 
Because there's Miss America, there's and that's the one that Burt Parks, I say, making myself sound as though I am 175 years old. Coming up next, Eddie Fisher with Oh My Papa. Fire me up one of them Edison cylinders, Tim. I got a hanker to hear Danny Boy. You're going to do something about my corns. (laughs) Wow. Um, So I'm making a note to myself. I swear to God about corns. A, I don't know what they are. B, at some point we had to find the guy that invented gold bond medicated powder. We had to do like a cavalcade of... uh, Cavalcade of spots and the stories behind them. Do you Gold. remember when Harriet Nelson used to be Harriet Hilliard? <laughs> Whatever happened to button shoes? All right. Gold bomb medicated powder. So there's Miss America, which is the thing that Burt Parks used to sing, Here She Is Miss America for. Yes. There's Miss USA, which is Donald Nobody Trump's Nobody ever thing. sang. There's Miss... Universe. World? Galaxy? Universe? Okay, and then there's, there's Miss World. Miss Universe. And then there's Mrs. America, which is for all the sad sort of spongy housewives uh right i mean that's yeah. that's what that is okay just trying to keep it all clear in my head these are the things that are important tim it's having a handle on one's own culture mm-hmm. let's welcome now to the rick emerson show from los angeles cnn radio correspondent jim roop hello sir how are you today happy cinco de mayo yes no 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 no. it's not cinco de mayo no no this is the sandwich that i uh, was saying yesterday somebody ought to invent there ought to be some sort of Dijon pesto mayonnaise, uh, I don't know, sort of bagel sandwich-like goodness that is a sink into mayo. That's what it is. There you go. I mean, I haven't really had a chance to have my lawyers, uh, you know, get on the trademarking. But this is a. But you know what? You were here. You heard the creation of it on this program yesterday. I'm your. Uh... I'm your whatever you call that thing, copyright. You're my Huckleberry. That's what you are. <laughs> Come on. All right. That, I'll be your Huckleberry. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's a little tombstone thing there, sir. Uh, all right. So a little creepy. I remember about uh, a month I'm ago. Just imitating Val Kilmer in that movie. That's hey, all. let me just say this about Val Kilmer in Tombstone. When is the last time you listened to Jim Croce's You Don't Mess Around with Jim? Okay, I'll take your long silences indicating that it was some time ago. Tim, when is the last time you listened to Jim Croce's You Don't Mess Around with Jim? Long time ago. Wow. About the same time as Bad Bad Leroy Brown. That's right. Which are the same songs. Jeremiah by the way. was a bullfrog. <laughs> Jim, Jim. Ten Cro- years after, I'd love to change the world, but I don't know what to do. Uh, who's next? Now you're just like Scott Weidland listing things he likes to eat. Uh, now, if you listen to J- Jim Croce, in some ways, is sort of the nickelback of his day. Because if you listen to those two songs back to back, you realize they are, in fact, the same song. Uh, <laughs> you don't mess around with Jim and Bad Bad Leroy Brown. I mean, seriously. You look like some 70s porn star. You do. He really did. He had kind of a he had kind of a Johnny Holmes thing going on. Now that I think well, he about it, he had that big, thick '70s mustache, and he's always smoking a little cigar, like Clint Eastwood style, you know. Also, this you ever notice that Jim Croce looks a lot like Leon Redbone? I mean, like before he, he before he got the thing of the weird white Colonel Sanders beard going on. You know his his son. I forgot his first name, but Jim Croce's son, who has a completely different sound than his dad, he's out of San Diego, I think. And I, boy, I haven't talked to him probably 15, 20 years, but he had some great stuff, and I just haven't heard anything about him. I'm going to work my way back up this conversational thread by saying this. If you listen to You Don't Mess Around with Jim, which I have on 45 and listen to frequently, you will note that Val Kilmer took his delivery uh, as his Doc Holliday dialect and inflection in Tombstone directly from Jim Croce. You go, you listen to that song, and then you listen to Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday, it's exactly the same. That is what he studied to get that voice. I'll guarantee you, bet my bottom dollar on it. Uh, Anywho, so... I'm not here to dispute you, sir. I remember about a month ago, Gloria Allred, like, we all woke up and she was just living in the Octomom's living room for reasons that sort of elude me now. It was, you know, it became like a weird, like, an Arrested Development thing where Carl Weathers was always just hanging out in the bathroom. And then one day, Gloria Allred was being evicted by the Octomom, and now we all could have seen this coming, and in fact, I think we predicted this. 
Gloria Allred is suing the Octomom. Yes. Please not to explain, sir. Uh, she is suing on behalf of a organization that was started by Paul Peterson, who was the child actor in the Donna Reed show. Um, protecting the rights of those kids. What the lawsuit claims is that Nadia Suleiman is making money in the exploitation of these kids, violating every California law uh, designed to protect child performers. And they are considered child performers. Uh, from, their, from the fact that they were premature, uh, to the fact that they were underweight, uh, to how quickly they were photographed, taped, and filmed, under contract with uh, certain outlets and violated all those laws and what she wants to make sure in this organization called a minor consideration wants to make sure is that the babies get their fair share of all the money she's making now has made and will make in the future uh, using them because it's their contention that it's not just incidentally that they wind up on tape or on film but that it, they are the key to her making money, her her commercial commercialism. So this is so great. How old are these kids? I like kids? this lawsuit. Wait, oh, oh, me too. No, and I like Gloria Allred in a sort of horrible way. You know, I I like Gloria Allred the way that I like polar bears in the zoo, where you're sort of you know you're impressed and they're kind of powerful and scary and you're glad they exist, but you also realize you don't want to be anywhere near them because you're going to end up getting mauled. You, you don't let her in your house. No, of course not. Uh, the and you keep your hands and feet away from her mouth at all times. <laughs> the, how old are the Octo kids? Oh, gosh. They were born in January, so... Uh, so they're less than a year old. They're eight months. So I love the idea that, like, they're not even a year old, and they've already got Gloria Allred representing them. I mean, that is fantastic. It is just the most quintessentially American and Californian thing there is. Well, you know what? You have to admit that, uh... I request that you speak to my counsel for that question! <laughs> you imagine it, as they spit up their oatmeal. Seriously, as they're busy vomiting and shaking a rattle. I decline to answer! <laughs> Let's all forget that I did that just now. <laughs> You didn't get that off if you don't mess around with Jim. No, 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 you didn't. That didn't come from a morning uh, preparatory service either, sir. That's comedy that came from my own brain. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's the kind of gold that CBS chooses to retain and keep on staff here to amuse the good people of Portland, Oregon, and beyond. And we applaud them for it. Well, I have nowhere to go here. Big plans for your Cinco de Mayo, perhaps uh, raising a glass of uh, some kind of beverage for your brothers. Some kind of beverage. Yes. Yes. All right. we're, not, we're not sure what that beverage is going to be. It may have to be a series of beverages. Well, you know what? I mean, just keep going until you find the one that feels right. That's what I usually do. All right. Da -da -da. All right. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon, Thank brother. Thank you so much. There you go. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Keep that number in mind, because before the end of the show, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland tomorrow, as well as Anthony Bourdain tickets. Coming up here in just a few minutes, Tim Riley at the news desk. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Pick up the phone and call 1-800-344-KUFO. I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is where I'm supposed to be teasing by saying something like, I'm holding in my hand something that I thought I'd never hold again. That sounds unnecessarily blue, though, A so I'm not going to say it. Really, it's, I had no idea they even still made this. All right, did, were you just, did you just discover this? Yes. All right. And I gave it directly to you. <laughs> we'll tell you what it is in four minutes. That's Tim Riley. He's coming up at the news desk. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO Tuesday morning. Coming up in mere moments, Tim Riley at the news desk. So I mentioned that I was holding something intriguing in my hands. It is 
I'm unclear about whether this is actually Parade Magazine, though, Tim. This is it, maybe it's Parade Two, T O O. This is the this is the HD channel uh, of, the, of the Parade the Magazine. Parade. As long as as long as uh, uh, Marilyn Vos Savant is still in here, as long as I can still read Howard Huge, uh, that's all that matters. So this is no, this can't possibly be the actual Parade Magazine. Was this in the Oregonian? Yes. Right. That's random. I mean, it literally, it's like four pages long. One, two, I mean, it's really, it's, it's sort of like a leaflet more than anything else. But all of the, uh, all of the, the stock elements, all of the benchmarks that you would see inside Parade Magazine are present. You have one page of Hollywood gossip, which is completely innocuous and toothless. You have an ad for, yes, the Jitterbug cell phone, which is designed for old people. Here's how you can tell is something. Is the one with the big buttons? It's, it's got big-ass buttons. It's got a dial tone. And it's got, it doesn't even, and like the the send and disconnect, like the, the green and red buttons on your cell phone, it doesn't even say that. It just says yes or no on it. So presu- That's kind of amazing. The, it makes can, it easier. Here's the thing. You can always tell something that is designed for old people or uh, lame white folks. Because they identify themselves in terms of what they are not, such as, we don't play any rap or heavy metal. That's how you can tell a radio station is for geezers. The way you can tell that a phone is for geezers is it advertises itself with an 80-point type, sort of Reader's uh, Digest style. It doesn't play games, take pictures, or surf the Internet. It is the phone that is changing (laughs) all the rules. I don't like my time wasted. No, of course not, Tim. No one does. And that, and then of course the final thing here is they've got the uh, uh, they've got a crucifix on the back that is made out of pewter with what appears to be a dragon skull in the middle of it being mm, held and a crystal ball. Yeah, and a crystal ball being okay. held by a small child. Is that an option for the phone? I don't, I don't believe it is. So there you go. And this is a, this is a spinoff. It is Parade's healthy style. There was too much content to go in the the regular Parade magazine, so they had to begin line extension, as uh, Jack Trout would say. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Oh, that Mayor Adams, he's a million laughs. This time, <laughs> one of the witnesses to his so-called three-car fender bender claims he smelled alcohol on the mayor's breath. Randish White said he could smell beer on Adams shortly after the crash at the uh, car toy store, Chanson Beach. Police say they saw no reason to ask for a fuel sobriety test and sent the mayor on his way. Two of the vehicles involved in the fender bender had to be towed away. Because more than their fenders were bendered. By the way, I would uh, <laughs> like to commend all of us for getting through this segment without making a Sam Adams on Sam Adams breath joke. That is true. Here's Tim Rodney. Well, that old courthouse in the east of Multnomah County town of Gresham is in big, big trouble. When it flooded, the smell of mold was so strong, staff members complained of head and chest aches for weeks at a time. And lawyers have to meet with their clients in the kitchen. The upper floor of the building used to have an old tap dance studio, the clatter of shoes, and the tap, tap, tap uh, was heard as uh, judges sent people to jail. Well, the dance studio served as a tactical training uh, space for the sheriff's deputies, too, but now people aren't tap dancing up there anymore. It's completely unusable. Hey, speaking of old things, uh, does the Arthur Murray dance school still exist? Yes. Is that a thing that they still have, really? There's one on Broadway. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, Broadway here, like, uh, like in the Hollywood area? Yeah, northeast. Wow. Next to the, I believe it's next to that Fred Meyer. What do you suppose the target demographic is uh, for the Arthur Murray Dance School? Because that was the thing where they, the, that was the jazz. I've never even they, heard of that. No, it was this thing, that, it was this like, it was this method of dancing where you would go there. I mean, I, I think it was this jive where they would sell you footprints that you put on the floor and they were numbered. And so when you weren't there like taking, Twister. yeah, you would go to the studio and you would take dance classes at the studio where like some Rita Moreno type would be up front going, and now, and then they would teach you the Lindy Hop mm-hmm. or something. 
But then their gimmick was that at the end of the lesson, they would give you a bunch of, uh, they were basically just pieces of paper. They were cutouts of human feet, you know, like shoes. And they would put them, you'd put them on the ground at home and you would number them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, and they're the ones like, that all go different directions. Exactly. Okay. And then they would have like a little arrow showing. And this way you pivot right. And then you would learn to how to, you know, to like to do the Charleston or something. Wow. Is it successful? Well, it must be. I mean, if it's still there, I mean, it must be like it must be some sort of recession proof industry. Good for them. So uh, revisiting that urban legend of the exploding car, this email tells me that it happened on Broadway near Burnside and they took video of it. And I posted it on my webpage at RileyLive.com. You can see the exploding car on Broadway. So this is the car that they were blowing up for the that series leverage. Uh huh. So uh, you can watch it. And uh, let's see. The video was taken from the south facing north up Broadway toward Burnside, the intersection of Southwest and Canadian. Is this, uh, what was something, was that something playing there in the background? Yes, I was playing the exploding car. Is it clean? Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> why don't we, there why don't we review that? that before we, uh, before here's, we play it? Here's the explosion one more time, yes. Ready? All right, all right. I think that's pretty clean, wouldn't you say? I suppose. It's never the explosion that's in question. It's always a guy who misjudged his distance from the blinding flash and then lets loose with a torrent of what the FCC would call indecent language, Tim. Not excited utterances? No, not excited utterances, which I don't think count anymore. I don't think really? you, I don't think an excited utterance counts as an exclusion under the uh, rational and sensible FCC policies that uh, govern us. Here's Tim Ryan. Do we have time for a geek watch? I oh, believe sure we do. do. Always time for a geek watch, Tim, and Jello. Here's your geek watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, remember you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux. And I just listen on there. There is, is no, no quantum, quantum flux. flux. There's no auxiliary. There's oh, no this makes God me think about how great Star Trek was. Shit. You got it. And when I say how great Star Trek was, I mean it was awesome. It's unbelievable. Well, fancy you should bring that up. Because the William Shatner Presents comic book series, that sounds like the market quality, blasted off over the weekend at Golden Apple Comics in Hollywood with a rare one-shot collector's edition for free comic book day. In attendance, the original Captain Kirk of Star Trek, William Shatner. Shatner says he's starting... I love this country. Four comic book lines, and why not? So, Tech War is the first one, then Man of War, and then Quest for Tomorrow, and then Chimera. This uh, Shatner fan is upset he's not in the new Star Trek movie. It doesn't... It, I wish he were, but uh, I'm still going to go see it. I'm definitely a Trek, Trek fan. That, by the way, <laughs> that is... When you ask why they keep making Star uh, Trek films, that's why, because of that guy right there, because they are, in every sense of the word, uh, critic-proof. Because it doesn't matter. And if you saw J.J. Abrams out, it's weird, actually. So J.J. Abrams, who, of course, is the guy behind Felicity, also such trifles as Lost and Alias, he uh, directed Star Trek, and every press conference he did, people kind of wondered about this. He would, right out of the gate, Abrams was always going, I'm not a Star Trek fan. I didn't watch Star Trek growing up. This movie, he actually said several times, this movie isn't for Star Trek fans. And people kept thinking, well, why is he saying that? You know, doesn't he want them to go? And, of course, as that guy just demonstrated, they'll go anyway. I mean, it was uh, it was designed to have a little bit more broad of an appeal to get people in who would typically be turned off by the fact that it's grown men running around with facers uh, mm-hmm. and fighting uh, the Romulans. Uh, and, of course, those guys are going to be there anyway, just as I was there and just as this guy will be there. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Anyway, so, I mean, the fact that the movie's good is just sort of a bonus at this point. The BlackBerry Curve topped Apple's iPhone to be the best-selling consumer smartphone in the first quarter of 2009. Uh, suck that. The iPhone came in second. 
But two other BlackBerry models, the Storm and the Pearl, were right behind, third and fourth place. The BlackBerry's market share increased by 15% or 50% of this quarter as Apple dropped to, oh, Apple dropped by 10%. Maybe I ought to get one of these BlackBerrys. Uh, you know, here's the that's thing. That's what I have. I love it. And I will say this. I don't, don't want people wrong. finding me every minute. And I am a, <laughs> and that, I was talking to Sarah yesterday. I got two things to say before we wrap this up. One, I'm a big fan of the iPhone. I really am. I'm a big fan of Apple and Steve Jobs and everything he makes. But uh, but it's like I have a BlackBerry because of CBS. That's kind of the thing that they push here. So it's like I have to, you know, it's like like when in Rome and so forth. So I have to root for the BlackBerry because that's what I got. That being said, I was talking to Sarah yesterday. We were uh, phoning each other back and forth. And I kept trying to take a nap, which I wasn't able to do till like 6 p.m., at which point it's just superfluous, by the way. And I told Sarah at one point, I said, I'm never going to get this nap taken because people keep finding me. It was like I had like nine different things open on my computer, and I had two phones that were ringing all the time. It just becomes impossible. And I sound like Andy Rooney. Yeah, I'm going to go order me a jitterbug phone, ladies and gentlemen. There's your Geek Watch for Tuesday on The Rick Emerson Show. By Grabthar's Hammer, by the Sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Call 503-228-4101. I'm going to inhale some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This hour of music on KUFO is... It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning, the Stone Temple Pilots. Don't forget, you go to KUFO.com and you can hear our interview with Scott Weiland uh, that aired uh, yesterday. And uh, we've done a fascinating thing. And by fascinating, I mean gripping. And by gripping, I mean compelling. And by compelling, I mean entertaining. That is the Scott Weiland interview that we aired yesterday, side by side with the Scott Weiland interview that I taped. That actually happened. <laughs> on Friday. The, the one that actually I- existed sort of in an unedited uh, you know, sense. And it really is, it's kind of like when you see that Kim Kardashian uh, photo that came out, and then you saw the actual magazine ad that ran made of that photograph. It is uh, two separate worlds existing in the same space. So, uh, Scott Weiland, a study in the magic of editing. You can find that at KUFO.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before the end of this hour, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland, as well as meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage the final song of the night with Mr. Michaels. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. PGE made $31 million in the first quarter, but it just isn't enough. Oregon has 17 confirmed swine flu cases, and McDonald's gives Starbucks a real competition in the caffeine war. Excellent. Fantastic. I actually had a coffee at McDonald's. It was pretty good. I don't believe it. I well, did. Here's the thing. is like it's just like it's a caffeine delivery system. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you for most people. I didn't I mean, want to take the... Mick two stops. I'm like, I kind of want a breakfast sandwich, and I'm going to get a latte. It is sort of the, in, in some ways, I mean, look, not that I don't appreciate a good cup of coffee now and again. I mean, and, I mean, I do, but here's my thing. It's like what I told somebody that I wasn't. That I wasn't much of a food person. And then then somebody noted that we spend an inordinate amount of time on this show talking about food and just having these weird, almost like food porn conversations where like, you know, it just rhapsodize endlessly about the uh, the succulent taste of a McDonald's filet fish sandwich, for example. And it's just that it's that like I like food. And I enjoy food, and I enjoy good food and good bad food. But by the same token, I, I don't necessarily need it. And you know, so I could go like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days in a row where I just have, like, if they had that machine from RoboCop that just extruded what they call the rudimentary paste, that either like baby food into a cup that just that I would just sort of, uh, you know, that I would just sort of consume like the pit of sarlacc. 
if I had that uh, and could live on that, that'd be fine. So, so it is with coffee. I mean, occasionally I enjoy coffee just in and of itself for the taste, but most of the time, like, it's just, it's just something to give me the caffeine without which all the activity in my brain grinds to a halt. It is in that way, like Sarah's electronic cigarette, Mm -hmm. which is, because the electronic cigarette, which I purchased for you in Vegas because I'm, and it is amazing. I'm a giver. Do you have it with you? I don't have it with me. It's in. It's at my house, actually. Every day I, I ask you if you have it with you, and every day you don't. No, but see, it was I don't in my believe other you're purse. using the electronics. It was cigarette. in my other purse. No, and I had a couple of my girlfriends over mm-hmm. last night to watch some movies, mm-hmm. and we did actually smoke it in my apartment. Okay. It was awesome. Uh, so, because there is no smoke, it's only vapor. No, and I, was, I should say this, by the way. The, the first day, because I went to Vegas, and they sell this electronic cigarette, which is just... It's I'm, amazing. It's like the coolest thing ever. I charge it from my computer. And it is a it's a it is a plastic device that looks more or less like a cigarette. It's about I, I don't know, maybe fifteen percent larger than a regular cigarette, but the end glows when you draw on it, but there's no smoke, there's no fire, there's no flame, there's no burning. It is in fact not a cigarette. And so there was this fantastic moment when I came back from Vegas, I give Sarah the electronic cigarette. Because every now and again, socially, Sarah would enjoy a, a draw on a capri of some kind. And I came into the next day, and Sarah's just sitting here uh, like my grandmother watching pro wrestling, just in front of the Internet, like smoking on the cigarette with one hand and clicking with the mouse on the other. Hello, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? Hi. It's fantastic. All you were missing was like a Bloody Mary and a celery stalk with which to stir it. it was I was fantastic. at a bar, and somebody actually, she's just like, uh, ma'am, I don't think you can be using that. I'm like, there's absolutely no smoke. There's no tobacco. There's you know no tar. There's no nothing. I'm she like, told her to get bent? I did. I'm like, I'm really not doing anything except for blowing vapor into the room. There's nothing. I'm like, and it smells so bad in there anyway because it was an old smoking place. Right. So she tried to make me stop, and I did not. Well, that, because it's not, see, that's the thing, because it's not a cigarette. That's why I almost feel like i got to get somebody from the from the company on the air just so I can ask them relentlessly about the product. I mean, it's not like I'm pitching it or anything. It just is one. It's just American technology at its uh, at its. Oh, finest. it totally it really is. is. Okay, you got to bring it in. Okay, I will tomorrow. And plus the idea that a cigarette runs up your floor, USB like, port is fantastic. It is ridiculous. So I'll charge it, and like the tip starts flashing yeah. so I can know it's charging properly. I'm ready to be smoked now. <laughs> that's wonderful. And there's and because there's actually there's no tobacco or tar. It just is nicotine straight into your lung. Kids, don't smoke. Even It's wrong. It's bad. It'll send you to hell. It'll ruin your life forever and ever, just like marijuana. But it's it's wonderful because it just it's is awesome. like it's like the patch. If you were to sort of combine the it patch. It's like chewing a nicotine gum. If you were to combine the patch with like one of those asthma inhalers that like the weird kids have in high school, uh, that's exactly what it is. And it's shaped like a cigarette. Can and it's you can buy it with an iPod. Yes, like, it can, put a jack Jim. on it so you can listen to songs and just twist the cigarette. It actually oh, and, and find a different mix of music. It comes with a Miles <laughs> Davis collection. All right. Uh, in mere moments, we'll be joined by our good friend Don Taylor from Cinematical. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello, Rick Emerson. What will you be giving us today in terms of film information? Well, uh, today we have a terrific movie coming out on Blu-ray about soldiers who fight werewolves. And uh, Turner Classic Movies is giving you a giant pile of bargain films at uh, discount prices. Excellent. Uh, absolutely. Don oh. Taylor from Cinematical, ladies and gentlemen. That's coming up in just uh, minutes here on The Rick Emerson Show. Later on, Brett Michaels tickets and Tim Riley at the news desk. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. More of The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah, look over there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning, it's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. A bicyclist has been injured in a hit-and-run accident. It happened in Northeast yesterday morning. The BlackBerry curve dethrones the iPhone in sales. Hugh Jackman gears up for his next big movie role and naked pictures of the controversial, God-fearing Miss California. 
are hitting the Internet. That's fantastic. And by hitting the Internet, do you mean you've downloaded them and you can show them to me now? I wouldn't do that at work. Well, you can do it here in the studio, Tim. Remember, do we need to get out the words that hurt and harm CBS uh, employee manual again? I, I guess Miss California would not hurt and ha- Well, I don't know. I've got it in my office. I'll bring it. We'll go through it later on. All right. It's 503-228-4101. We are joined by Don Taylor from Cinematical. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I did want to say I was in the break room before I came in here, and you've got, like, This time of the morning, the break room is still like nice and clean and everything's all shiny, except sitting on the table where one sits before one goes on the air, there's a case of this Kraft Easy Mac single serve mac and cheese. Yes, yes, there is. Which has got to be, that's one of the saddest products (laughs) ever. Like, like that was actually mine. The entire like 79 sent box of craft mac and cheese. Well, that's too much mac and cheese for me because I'm lonely and I, <laughs> because I have no one, but I'm poor. So I'm going to, we had to clean out the studio and we found that on the shelf. And I think someone gave it to me like a year ago. You think like, someone gave it to you. I know they may have given it. it to me or Tim. Of course they gave it to you. <laughs> they gave it to me. And so I decided to pass it along, but nobody's taking it. It's been sitting on the table for days. You know, here's the, the reason like DJ Chow sitting out there. <laughs> like you ought to make that. <laughs> where it's just sort of, again, like the rudimentary gruel where it just comes out of a bag and you pour beer on it uh, and then you consume it. And then you can go and then you play fog hat records uh, for the kids. But that did remind me I was at the grocery store this weekend and I was going by the section where they have the fake eggs, the egg beaters and stuff. Yes. And you can get um, pancake batter in a can. I see. No, it's like a ready whip. It's like yeah. like a spray what? batter thing. No, no, no. It's righteous. That I, sounds I mean, kind of amazing. Well, it's, you know those ads for the, the Bisquick that you just like add the water to the thing and shake it up because adding an egg is too much like cooking. Uh, apparently, if that is also too much work for you or if you're the Easy Mac uh, market and you go... I just want to be able to make one pancake. <laughs> then, then there's pancake batter in a can. So you can just squirt one pancake on your skillet and put it back in the fridge. I'll shape I guess. it like a giant tear. <laughs> That's wonderful. I was at uh, Fred Meyer with uh, Laura the other day. I forget what we were even looking for. We were walking around trying to find something. Anyway, but we find ourselves walking through that. I don't even know what section of the store that is. Is it the dairy aisle? Whatever, but it's yeah. the glass. But and I look at it and I said, "What is that?" Because it was shaped like Ready Whip, but it wasn't like with the desserty stuff, and it had a more, you know, like the labeling was all different or whatever. And I looked closer, and it was pancake batter, and it was where you like shake it, and you take off the lid, and right onto the skillet, and just cook yourself up a single pancake, which is, and then you wonder, at, you know, like a twelve gauge is enough to sort of finish off the job later, because clearly your life has reached some sort of a horrible dead end at that point. I mean, you've made you've made hundreds of wrong turns in your existence. And then I point. assume that, that to go with that, you get like your syrup and like a pump thing, like liquid <laughs> soap. Seriously, <laughs> and then you just sort of go hose yourself off in the shower. You don't, uh, no napkinning for you. Good God Almighty! Just real quickly on the Easy Mac thing. The reason that Easy Mac is still on the table in the kitchen is the same reason. Uh, that Sarah received a box of it from a listener for, I think, Christmas or something, because they had Easy Mac in the vending machine here because Sarah was, because Sarah consumed it. And then Sarah went through a time, and this is not, it's not like I'm spilling private secrets. We went through a phase where Sarah would go, uh, either go to the plaid pantry every day or have someone go to the plaid pantry for her. And by somebody, I mean me every day and get her an Easy Mac. I had an Easy Mac every day. It was, I, I could not control it. That's wrong. I know. I've broken myself of the habit. It's been like six months since I've had one. Well, now, why do you, why is it uh, wrong in your assessment? Is it because... It's so convenient and delicious. Do yes, you, please to be are you opposed me. to the box macaroni in general, or is it the Easy Mac version of that macaroni? Well, I guess part of it is that, 
you know, I, I like many people, I went through my own poverty stricken period. I, I went, was going to school full time and had no money and lived on top ramen and macaroni and cheese. And you go, well, I'm going to get fancy tonight and cut a hot dog up in it. And so just seeing the single serve, it's, it's like a single serve. Anything is a little sad. Like you see the single serve soup that it's like a quarter of a cup of soup. Like it's, it's a single serving, I think for like a really old person. Maybe us spinsters have to have single serving Maybe. stuff. Gone. A single serving of broth. <laughs> but it's like it's kind of like it's like it's almost like you're admitting defeat. Like if I make <laughs> an entire box yes, of Sarah. mac and cheese, oh well the Damn rest me. the rest of the mac and cheese will go bad before I eat it. it so will. I, I don't want to eat an entire one. box of macaroni and cheese by myself. That's sad. <laughs> but if you're eating mac and cheese every single day, you make the box of mac and cheese to put like what you don't eat into your refrigerator. Uh, by the way, I mm. will not only eat an entire box, I in fact eat two boxes uh, at a sitting, so by myself. So there you go. And so then you polish all... it off with that half a gallon ice cream. That's not half a gallon. It is a third of half a gallon, you sons of bitches. How is it that you don't weigh 300 pounds? Um, it's because I burn the rest He's of it off to, with... I, uh, I don't know. He ate half of that ice cream. I think he's starting to puff up a little bit now. I uh, I burn a lot of calories with my sheer hate, Dawn. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to loathe as many things as I do. No, it's really, yeah, it's despicable how crappy you can eat and like be so thin. Well, I'm just skin and fat, though, really. It's not a good thin. It's a, <laughs> you're it's a squishy thin, thin person? Yes, it is. I'm a thin, fat person. <laughs> you're, you're, ju- you're just bones, rage, and despair. That's ex- There you go. It's hard to believe they haven't made that into a positioning statement for the show. All right, uh, Don Taylor, you were talking about uh, Fantastic. Are these like box sets, like DVD box sets that, that, that are being put out? Well, what there is, Turner Classic Movies has, uh, this year they're putting out a bunch of movies that they have the rights to in these four movie collections. And each one it's a each one is a two-disc, double-sided, uh, double-sided discs. And there's four movies, and they're in these themes. And six of them hit the streets today. One of them is uh, American Musicals which is uh, Easter Parade, Meet Me in St. Louis, Singing in the Rain, and the Bandwagon. A couple of them are really terrific, though, and I'd actually consider picking them up. Uh, One is John Wayne Westerns, and it's The Searchers, Fort Apache, Rio Bravo, and The Cowboys. Yeah, Rio Bravo's a fantastic film. And uh, the retail price for this is like $27.95, which means that you can get it for less than $20 uh, in various outlets. And you're getting four movies. They're not... Uh, they're not fancy. They're not remastered. There's not any bells and whistles. You don't get any commentary tracks or anything. But if you just want the movie on your shelf to watch, uh, another one is Western Adventures. And it's uh, The Train Robbers, Jeremiah Johnson, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and The Wild Bunch. And it's kind of a, you know, a nice thing if you want to get all four of those in one place for a bargain price. Um, it's, it's, an, it's a nice series. Hey, The Wild Bunch by Sam Peckinpah. Do you know that Sam Peckinpah did the movie Convoy based on the C.W. McCall song of the same name? I did know that. Yeah, I remember sitting at home uh, one time when I was living in Salt Lake, watching TV at like 3 in the morning because I had no TiVo, and waiting for that Soba Kawa Pillow infomercial to come on because I found <laughs> it fantastic. And it, The Wild Bunch comes on with a woman who looks just like C. Thomas Howell, by the way, as the main character. And then, uh, and then, uh, who was it? Like, uh, freaking uh, Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. And I'm watching this going, they made a movie out of con- Chris Christopherson? It- Sam Peckinpah directed this? And it was like unfolding layers of horror. So, and I, I, I don't even remember the movie's any good. I just remember being so stunned by that fact that it sort of, I mean, it was just, it sort of shocked me. Well, the Citizens Band radio phenomenon was this bizarre kind of uh, fad that went on there for a while in the 70s where people went, we can get CB radio. It's like, bef- you know, before the internet, before chat rooms. And, um, and yeah, Convoy was one movie that came out of that. And another one, Jonathan Demi re- uh, directed a movie called Citizens Band. 
uh, which it was actually really good. It's a really funny comedy about a bunch of people driving around and they have CB who had their ears on. They had their ears on. God, they they were looking. They were looking out for Smokey. The seventies are the worst decade ever, (laughs) and I was there. That's not like a thing that I that I saw Hal Sparks say on VH1 that I'm now passing along as my own observation. I was there. The seventies sucked. The 70s were bad. The 80s were also bad. Let's have no illusions. But the 90s weren't that great. They were better than the 70s, and they were probably better than the 80s. So uh, there's no not spread any uh, any falsehoods uh, about that. All right. Uh, Don Taylor Cinematical is uh, where people can locate you, and you have your own blog. Which and she is, smells fabulous. And you smell like cake batter. Thank you. Which I mean in the best possible way. <laughs> not, not, not squeezable pancake. What no, but you smell like a, hear that? You smell like a sprayable cake batter that I can get right <laughs> next to right next to the uh, the egg beaters. And so forth. All right. Cinemasideshow.com and Cinematical, ladies and gentlemen. Don Taylor, truly one of our favorite people. It is the Rick Emerson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503-228-4101 is the number. Why would I need such a number, you might ask? Why such a big suit? Could this suit be taken in a little? Uh, the answer is we are about to give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland tomorrow night, ladies and germs. Uh, you will get a, a chance to see Brett Michaels as well as meet and greet uh, with uh, Brett Michaels himself and perhaps the chance to perform on stage alongside him for the final song of the night, which is nothing but a good time if you can meet two criteria. One, you are caller number 10 at 503-228-4101. And two, or B, depending <laughs> on the cut of your jib, you can uh, answer the following question correctly. Which cast member... In season two of Rock of Love, admitted that she had been living with her ex-boyfriend for the past two years. And, and Nibbler knew the answer to this. <laughs> that's the other thing. Don't feel bad if you know the answer. Don't If you have like the long, dark tea time of the soul where you say to yourself, what kind of a man am I that I know the answer? Greg Nibbler uh, knew the answer to this without even having to think about it. It was just right there. Which cast member in season two of Rock of Love admitted she'd been living with her ex-boyfriend for the past two years? If you meet caller 10 at 503-228-4101 and correctly answer that question, you will gain the glory and respect of your peers and colleagues. Also tickets. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. A bicyclist has a broken nose and missing teeth. After that, SUV slammed into him in Northeast and just took off. Happened at Northeast 21st Avenue in Columbia Boulevard. The driver never stopped and never asked if the bicyclist would be all right. Well, he managed to stumble to his workplace a half block away where he collapsed on the floor. His name is uh, Duran. He suffered a broken nose and is missing four teeth as of today. His face is also badly swollen. Uh, he described the SUV as a mid-1990s Ford Explorer. It may have been green or teal. It should have had some front-end damage. So call the cops if you happen to see this thing around. Meanwhile, Alaska Airlines could face environmental fines after one of its Boeing 777s dumped about 5,000 gallons of jet fuel over Kitsap County before making an emergency landing. It's true it's an emergency landing, but you're not supposed to dump things on the civilian population. That's it's where my parents birth live. Effects. Yes, seriously. And, <laughs> That's and, awesome. And also, it's jet fuel, by the way, and this is an area filled with trees. Yeah. So uh, that might also give you pause. This is better than the bathroom waste that is always being dumped out of those planes where it always comes out in the form of like some weird green glowing popsicle uh, type substance like in shampoo planet exactly yeah where it like crashes through a guy's roof and, and, he and says, then it brings out all the ufo enthusiasts who start collecting toilet paper because the end is near <laughs> well that's true tim that's because they're coming for your guns all right here's uh, tim riley at the news desk uh, Rihanna was supposed to have a comeback concert but it's been canceled there'll be no comeback by rihanna as of yet she ah uh, never mind 
Never mind. I was going to make a joke, and it's not even really that it's in poor taste. It just doesn't really work linguistically. We'll save it for Elizabeth Edwards, because this is in poor taste. Uh, she tells Oprah that it's a complicated question if she's still in love with her husband, former presidential candidate and John Edwards at Smiling Cobra. Uh, let's see. So the episode of Oprah, which will be telecast on Thursday. She It'll be asked, telecast? Yes. Really? Yes. Right. <laughs> We're telling uh, people that here on the wireless? On the color TV. The kinescope of that will be airing on a radio station near you. Uh, she will be asked, are you still in love with him? Edwards replies, you know, that's a complicated question, Oprah. Did you see her uh, talking to Tanya Harding the other day? I guess it was maybe a week or so Elizabeth ago. Elizabeth like Edwards? No, no, no. Not Elizabeth, no, Oprah oh. Winfrey. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, she had this. Tanya Harding, by the way, did not look bad, but it, she looked, I mean, she didn't look hot or anything, but I mean. Did she still look dirty? Yeah, well, wait a minute. Do you mean dirty as in she needs not to bathe or way. dirty as in she's daddy's dirty little girl? Oh, you're so creepy. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, in a sexy way. Like dirty. Did she have like roots and like, was her hair No, spinning? no. See, that's what I'm saying. See, she looked presentable. Uh, you know, she, what is that they say in, in Brittany, the wash up well or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she looked well put together, but in the way that you could tell, you just like your eye could, could spot that it was because Oprah's makeup people just got her in a room and kept her there for like nine like hours. Speckled her. Oh yeah. Just, just going over her like one, one square inch at a time, just fixing every single thing they possibly could. So she looked good, but you knew that the instant the lights were off, I mean, it was just like you, you were counting down until she turned back into some sort of a trashy video poker playing pumpkin. Uh, just my assessment. So, um, but just came, she was, I mean, she, you know, she, Tanya Harding is always very, uh, you know, she's endearing to me because she just seems like such a, Tim is snickering. Tim is, mocking my affection for Tanya Harding. Something the news department would like to say, Tim? That's okay. Everybody needs to be loved. <laughs> yes, they do, Tim. I'm just, just saying because she just seems uh, like uh, like such a forlorn person in so many ways because she just always just, just shacked up with this procession of losers, including a guy named Jeff Galuli. She does seem kind of alone. Like, isn't she living in a trailer and goes to the same bar every night? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know. She's like easy mac in a darkened room. <laughs> All alone, a single serving. Where's my batter? Tanya she only and sees I are a so smiling different. face of her cat. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Guy for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for uh, whatever the hell day this is. Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. We now uh, begin today's penis watch brought to you by Tim Riley at the news desk from the news department of CBS. Radio in this the news segment of the Rick Emerson Show, which is broadcasting in the public interest, convenience, and necessity as mandated by the Federal Communications Commission. And clinically speaking, John Wayne Bobbitt is reunited with his wife 16 years after she sliced off his penis. Yes, it's the first time in 16 years. Lorena Bobbitt, who now goes by the maiden name Gallo, claimed Mr. Bobbitt still harbored feelings for her despite what happened and continues to send her Valentine's Day cards and flowers. That seems implausible. They appeared in an episode of the U.S. tabloid television program, The Insider, and argued over what went wrong in their relationship. I think, okay. The answer to that seems self-evident, but maybe I'm minimizing things. So, the first what thing she said... What do you suppose we're wrong in our relationship, uh, Lorena? I can't quite get a fixin' on it. John, you did a lot of things that were very painful, said Miss Gallo. <laughs> really? Okay. You drove me crazy. You drove me insane. No woman should go through what I went through. I really don't understand how sensitive you are, said Mr. Bobbitt, from Buffalo, New York. Uh, 
Were they speaking on the phone? Were they? I mean, they weren't in the same room together. Yes, they were. Really? Uh, apparently so. It seems like that is a Some woman. Reality for, program. I'd be at least arm's length uh, from Lorena Bobbitt at, at all times. I mean, he really even now. Maybe they were on a Skype. It's. Did you? Did anybody? And I, I say this knowing the answer is no. Did anybody but me ever see the porn film that he made? No. Oh, it was disturbing. I did what is not. with you and random porns that you've seen today? Well, they're not random. Talking about Mark McGrath and now. It's not random. I, I'm sort of intrigued by bad celebrity porn, meaning people. Did who, you watch the Screech one? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to think if there's like a, a notable or even not so notable celebrity porn film that I haven't watched. The answer is no. Did you watch the mini me porn? No, no. I only saw the stills from that on TMZ. Actually, ah. the yeah. the John Wayne Bobbitt one is disturbing because it's you know. It's, I mean, there's no stitching or anything at that point. I mean, it's put back together, but I mean, that's like an all... Wait, it's all like... What? Uh, well, well, that's like it takes Ooh. all the king's horses uh, and all the king's men, uh, and it's still not not quite... I mean, there's a... It's sort of like when uh, you're well, so camping... You take your car to the auto body shop, it's not never quite the same. That's what I'm talking about, like if you, know? you get Like if you you know mess up one of your doors, but you have to get like the same fit, but it's a different color. Right, it just doesn't slam right after that. <laughs> same thing. No, it doesn't, Tim. It's Tim Riley at the news desk. Is that the end of our penis watch? Yes, it is. There's your penis Take watch. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, with more news. Swine flu musings. Uh, this from the mailbag from uh, podcast Lister Andy. There are only a handful of confirmed deaths from swine flu, and panic ensues. Meanwhile, day in, day out, people are dying of the regular seasonal flu at the rate of 800 a week in the U.S. and have been for years. Where were your reporters for this? The article also states there have been 19,000 this year alone. Of course, nobody's covering that. Is somebody implying that the media is behaving irresponsibly, Tim? Yes. That is I just crazy. They lack the manpower to do so. Uh, I know. I, uh, somebody did note that there were 500 people who died of swine flu uh, in the United States last year. Which is sort of like that. It's like that that shark thing that we did a couple of years ago, where every, it's like you were going to go to use the bathroom, and they were, you know, you're afraid that like a hammerhead was going to come out and lunge after you. When I think it was actually down, I don't know, it was like twenty percent or something. But so there's uh, two hundred people, I think, nationwide or whatever that they think have, have got it or may have gotten it right now. And there was, and we're already in May, and last year it was five hundred people who actually died from it. So it's just more scaremongering, Tim, by the liberal mouthpieces that are all over the airwaves in this country of ours. Uh, speaking of that, Michael Savage is not allowed to visit the U.K. He's on the same list as Fred Phelps, as undesirables. Not welcome in the Emerald Isles. More more ways than one. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and straight ahead, we'll talk to Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Forbes has just released a le- list of best and worst paying jobs. At the top of the list would be a surgeon. At the bottom, food preparation workers. Cooks and fast food workers are at about uh, $200 uh a year more than a dishwasher who makes $17,775. So at the top of the list be a surgeon or uh, an anesthesiologist. I'm surprised he could pronounce that the first time. <laughs> or an obstetrician or a gynecologist. Fantastic. They're at the very top. And then at the bottom, and the food uh, service preparation thing, it, I mean, it only comes with some ancillary benefits, like the fact that you get to use that, <laughs> that like power sprayer thing that's in the sink. And that you occasionally get the joy of sticking your hand down into one of those industrial garbage disposals, only to realize the guy before you left a bunch of knives in there, blade up. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Just ahead, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Next hour, tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. Stay right there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. 
It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO Tuesday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up in this hour, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain when he comes to town. He will be at the Newmark Theater on May 29th. Tickets on sale now. That will be sometime before 9 o'clock. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. So it's a celebrity death. I won't tell you who it is. I'll give you a hint. He was married to his wife for over 40 years. Can you imagine that in Hollywood? It's Wait, Paul Newman already died. He can't have died again. No. Only mm-hmm. once. Unless it was a zombie, Paul Newman. It's an actor, comedian, film director, television producer, and chef. He was a, wait, he was a film producer? Yes. And he was also in Blazing Saddles. We'll and I remember him from The Muppet Show when I was little. That's right. Good for you. Good pull, sir. Cannibal Run, Smoking the Bandit 2, The Dean Martin Show. Uh, wait, hold on. Cannibal Run, Smoking the Bandit 2. Mm. Wait a second. These are all, uh, now see, they're all emerging in my head. Because the first thing I said when I found out that this, that this celebrity had died, I said, now he'll never be able to make Cannonball Run 4. But maybe, but but was there a Cannibal Run four? Am I because now I, I can't figure I the difference. I can't figure them out because Cannibal Run. I never realized this until just now. Cannibal Run and Smokey and the Bandit are effectively the same film. Mm-hmm. I just now realized this. This is sort of like how everybody else, uh, you know, it's like everybody else knew that Gobot secretly came before Transformers the whole time, and I never learned that until recently. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, and it's not an epic map. No, he's, he's, well, not that we know of. Somebody really ought to check on him. Ed, no, he did wake up this morning. I have a report on that. <laughs> did he wake up and look around and flutter his eyelids and go, why? And then go back like, to sleep. What part of me isn't broken yet? Why won't somebody else drop me? <laughs> it's just, what did you note? It was just his teeth that were still alive. All right. Uh, it is 503-228-4101. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, as the case may be. How can I assist you in the glory that is your life on this Tuesday? The other day, and I I'm, saw a book that I thought you might know something about. I'm sorry, can you, you start? We, oh, hold on, we, I missed just the very first part of your call. Then. Can you start from the beginning? I was uh, at a Powell's and I saw a book that I thought you might know something about. What do you know about the book Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies? Uh, I know that it's awesome. That's what I know. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies is... I was just talking to Sarah about this, actually. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies is a book that came out, and is it's exactly what it sounds like. It is the Jane Austen novel, Pride and Prejudice. It is about 75% of the original novel, Unchanged. And this guy, Seth Smith, took uh, Pride and Prejudice, and he just added zombies to like about uh, you know like 25% of the book. So so in other words, she will she you know she'll just be sitting there and she'll be talking to the character of Mark Darcy and then all of a sudden, you know, and then the window shattered and an unholy living corpse shambled in. His eyes fixed on Mark Darcy's <laughs> skull. Darcy grabbed a fireplace poker and dispatched the unholy beast back to an alternate world of suffering and torment. And then they had tea. And that's it. And it's like, that's the whole book. So is it genius or ridiculous? It's uh, Here's what it is. The Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which if you go to Google and you type in Pride and then Prejud... It, that's the first thing that comes up. It's Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which is either great or awful. That's either the best thing to happen uh, to this world ever or uh, like the, the the beginning of the, the end for our republic. Um, here's why it's great. It's great, and I mean this sincerely. It's like it's like when people will slag on, um, you know, on certain books or on kids reading. You know, I, you know, we make fun of the Twilight books or whatever. But I'm all for whatever gets people to read. And it's like the thing about kids lining up at midnight to buy Harry Potter books. I mean, the idea that kids will stand in 2009 in line at midnight to buy a book is is awesome. And so I'm for whatever gets uh, people to start reading. And it is an interesting and kind of uh, low-impact way to start reading a classic book. So if you're not really the kind that's like given to reading Jane Austen, 
this is sort of interesting enough that it'll make it something that you can kind of get into, which is because it's, you know, because it's from a different time and the language is a little weird and whatever. But so for that reason, I think it's righteous, sir. I would Aaron Duran read it and he loved it. So does it have the kind of like Simpsons continuity where zombies show up and then two pages later, it's as if zombies never existed and it just continues with its original base? Yeah, it just seems to be sort of thrown in kind of randomly. They're always just sort of lurking in the background and then occasionally they sort of leap out into the foreground, then they're dispatched, then the book resumes. That sounds fantastic. I strongly recommend it. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Sarah, what's happening here? We are going to take a break and then come back with Katie Darrell, I believe. All right, straight ahead. Katie Darrell from TMZ will give us the latest on the mystery celebrity death. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. He's the Uncle Buck of CBS Radio. This is Rock 101, KUFO. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Yeah, the uh, co-author. I mean, it's Jane Austen. And the great thing about it is, is that she herself has been sort of zombified because now the book has been kind of brought back to life and it's sort of stumbling around drooling on things, courtesy of this guy, uh, Seth Smith. So the book itself is a bit of a, an undead literary creature at this point in time. Talk about secret aardvark habanero hot sauce. Who was just telling me, was it somebody in this room was telling me they had secret aardvark yesterday, last night? No, I had a dream about it. But That's I didn't. Have weird. It. it was weird. Was it following you around the house? No, hissing? I was. I was eating it. But it was a giant bottle of it. <laughs> was it know. a giant bottle with arms and legs? It did a little dance. <laughs> yes, it was dancing. Standing next me. to Burke Convy. Right. Well, in any event, uh, Secret Ardvark Abanero Hot Sauce. You can find out more about it. SecretArdvark.com. I cannot uh, just t- talk strongly enough about how great this stuff is. It is fantastic. The recipe is made right here in Portland. It's a Portland company. It's all natural. It's got a little uh, tomato and onion and habanero, a little bit of vinegar, and it's all put together into a fantastic sauce that is going to be, I'm not going to say it's the only sauce you know you use for the rest of your life, but I'll tell you this. Uh, you pick yourself up some Secret Ardvark habanero hot sauce. I will guarantee you this. It is going to be the most frequently used sauce, a spice, a condiment, something you add to food, give a little dash of uh, heat and flavor. It's going to be the most frequently used thing in your house, and it goes with everything. It goes with absolutely everything you can possibly imagine. It is hot enough and strong enough to give you a little bit of a kick, to give you a little bit of a punch, but it's flavorful enough that you can use it on almost everything and it doesn't uh, it doesn't overwhelm the flavor of the food. It augments it. You find that more at secretardvark.com. Uh, they sell it all over Portland. You find it on the, the tables of finer restaurants everywhere. You can get more details at secretardvark.com. Secret Ardvark Abanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning, it's 503-228-4101. Coming up in mere moments, Tim Riley at the news desk will reveal the latest celebrity passing. Did we just have somebody the other day? Who was it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, but who was it that just died? Danny Gans. Danny, Danny Gans. Gans. That's right on Friday. How soon they forget once oh. they take down the marquee. Oh, dude. So I was saying that now that Danny Gans has shuffled off his mortal coil, no doubt doing a little uh, jig as he did so, uh, that I had to go and become the first Danny Gans sort of the cover act, you know, like a tribute yes. performance. Here's what's going to be called. I can't take credit for this. I had a listener come up with this. I'm going to go start my own Danny Gans tribute act. It's going to be called Sans Gans. I like it. That'll be a hit. Come on! I like it a lot. Thank you. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, our good friend, the always uh, 
something superlative, blah, 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 adjective. Katie Darrell, hello, how are you today? Hi, good morning, how are you, Rick? I am fantabulous, Katie. Thank you for uh, joining us a bit later in the uh, in the hour. It's been just a, it's a hive of activity uh, around here. So. Yeah, I, I heard you guys are switching phone numbers, a lot of stuff going on. I, I have a hive of activity of my own. My internet is down, so I don't know what's going on in the world. Do so you feel awesome. like uh, like one of your limbs has been removed? Seriously, you don't even know, like, the stress that is, like, boiling inside me right now. I'm like, why won't the light just come on? Are you doing that thing where you're just sitting at, like, unplugging it and replugging it, unplugging it, going, come on! Seriously, I'm like, don't leave me now, kid! (laughs) Well, to the best of your knowledge, which, who knows, might be unbelievably outdated at this point, uh, what is going on in the, what was going on in the world of celebrity gossip the last time you were able to verify it? When I went to bed last night... Um, no, actually, TMZ is full of fun pictures uh, today uh, as well as yesterday. There's uh, and these, these days like this are, are always entertaining for me because I love like you know how they say a picture is worth a, what is it, a million, a thousand words, what have you, ten words, mm-hmm. a small radio segment. Yes. Um, so we had uh, Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa. Obviously, a lot of people enjoy looking at Kelly Ripa. I enjoy looking at Mark Consuelos. They're celebrating their thirteenth wedding anniversary. We've got them laid out on their. Um, you know, chairs by the pool, towels all spread out. They're both in their bikini. I'm sorry, she's in her bikini. He's just in his bathing suit. But they're both ripped. They're both tan, and they look absolutely fabulous. And I think that they're really trying to prove the whole we're not breaking up thing because, you know, those rumors are always swirling around this couple. What did Kelly Ripa do before she was the new Kathy mm. Lee? Where did she come from? Good question. She came from All My Children, the soap opera. Ah. I loved it growing up, so I knew her, and then I was like, I know her. I know her. I am one of those guys that is a big. I was a big fan of Kathy Lee Gifford. I got. I got to say, well, just wrong with you. Well, because here's the thing: because she, I have kind of a weakness for bitchy women occasionally. Okay. And she had that in in spades. But I'm a big fan of Kelly Ripa because the the only word for her is adorable. She really is just a. She's she's just a cupcake of a girl. I know she is. You just want to pinch her. That's what I'm saying. What else? uh, What else was happening last night? Anyway. All right, well, uh, this actually was a fun one from over the weekend because I'm not sure how into into fighting are you because uh, there's a big knockout this weekend. Uh, Ricky the Hitman, uh, he totally got knocked out by uh, Manny Pacquiao. How do you say his last name, boys? Can anyone chime in on this? It's Manny Pacquiao. You're really asking the wrong group of people here. All right. I just just feel bad because I'm like, I have this minor in Spanish that I, I somehow defeated the college in getting it, and I just can't pronounce things. When in doubt, just roll an R, and it sounds correct. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, uh, Ricky was at Wet Republic in Las Vegas, and he was just pounding a beer because that was the only thing he could pound away on since he got uh, his lights put out the night before. <laughs> Excellent. All right. On that note, do yourself a favor. Try not to just repulsive, uh, repulsively, uh, compulsively and repetitively hit the refresh button on your browser because it just always comes up as cannot locate the web page. Is yeah. your computer connected? And then because then at a certain point, you're just going to get the urge to throw the thing out the window and that's going to end badly. Thank you. I appreciate all of your sound advice. Have a fantastic day, Katie Darrell. Bye. You too, guys. You Katie Darrell, TMZ.com, TMZ Television tonight, 1130 on Fox 12. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Well, had her internet been connected, she would have been able to tell you about this death of a celebrity. This Here's is a snuff watch. Your snuff watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Here's Tim Riley with your snuff watch for Tuesday morning. Well, there have been lots of guesses, and all have been wrong. So I will tell you, it's not that McMahon. 
He's fine. Well, as good as it gets. But actor Dom DeLuise has died at the age of 75. According to uh, celebrity gossip sites, he died peacefully in his sleep at 6 o'clock last night in Los Angeles. He starred in such uh, Mel Brooks films as Blazing Saddles, silent movie History of the World Part 1. He also starred in uh, Spaceballs, a spoof of Star Wars, playing Pizza the Hut. He also was a frequent co-star of Burt Reynolds, appearing with the actor in such films as Cannonball Run and its sequel, Smokey and the Bandit 2. It was also uh, on uh, Dean Martin. In recent years, DeLuise did voice work for animated shows, including Duck Dodgers, The Wild Thornberries, Hercules, All Dogs Go to Heaven, the series. His role as Itchy Itcherford in the show was a continuation of his uh, turn in the movie version of All Dogs Go to Heaven, which also starred the voice of Reynolds. The actor also had his own comedy series, The Dom DeLuise Show, from 1987 to 1988. And uh, I also went back in the archives. It doesn't say what he died of, but I was looking through the Dom DeLuise file, and it said, uh, this is from last year, he was diagnosed with penile and prostate cancer at a hospital in Santa Monica and had been hospitalized three times in the past year and a half, and that was last year. I would have thought he was way older than 75, too. I mean, there's like age shaving and so forth that goes on, but I mean, I would have... I would have pegged Don DeLuise to be like 85 at least. Yes. He's one of those guys, too, that just like he sort of fell off the radar because and you knew he was still out there somewhere lurking uh, just like a manta ray uh, in the reefs of Hollywood. But you're kind of unclear as to what he was doing, especially because he did seem so tied to a certain era and a certain a certain style of Hollywood celebrity who is variety show humor. And it's no longer in vogue. Yeah. Very much like the Dean Martin, uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, kind of a thing. So how old is Burt Reynolds these days? Oh, I don't know. He's gotta be 70. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's no way he must be. So, all right. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Dom DeLuise off to meet his maker dead and rest in peace. Dom DeLuise. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Still ahead this hour, a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain and another visit to Tim Riley at the news desk. It is Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. You're listening to Mornings with Morons and Suck. On Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503-228-4101 is the phone number. We want to congratulate Leah in Beaverton, who is going to see uh, Brett Michaels tomorrow night. Uh, courtesy of this very fine radio show. Uh, and she'll have a, a meet and greet with Brett Michaels and a chance to perform on stage with him at the night's uh, final song. That is uh, Leia in Beaverton. This is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. If you can be caller number 10 and answer this question correctly. On the Pacific Northwest episode of No Reservations, what notable Portlander accompanied Anthony Bourdain to the Velveteria? If you can correctly answer that and be caller 10, Stop. Reverse that. At 503-228-4101, you, my friend, will win tickets to see Anthony Bourdain at the Newmark Theater May 29th. Tickets on sale now. If you can be color 10 and answer this question, on the Pacific Northwest episode of No Reservations, what notable Portlander accompanied Anthony Bourdain to the Velveteria? At 503-228-4101. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Oregon will be in a recession for three to six more months. Woo! I mean, wait, what? Ah, crap. Oregon will stay in a recession for three to six more months. According to a swami looking into a crystal ball. How is it only three to six months? Were they just saying last last month that it was going to be like a year or five years or something? Mm-hmm. 
but not here. That's made up. We're, we're doing way. better. No, no, we're not. That's a lie. That's just I'm not going to peddle fictions, Tim. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, a witness to the mayor's so-called fender bender where he pushed cars across the parking lot. He that is, little fender bender. He is a fun-loving scamp, Tim. Well, uh, one of the witnesses got close enough to the mayor, say two to three feet, and said he smelled alcohol on the mayor's breath. This is a witness who also works at the uh, car toy store. He said the pickup kept pushing cars to the other side of the lot. So much for a fender bender. I'm so I'm, okay. I'm confused. What was so Sam go- Adams driving? Do we know a truck? Okay, he was driving a truck. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. So this was he was, but presumably this is just like on his own time. This wasn't on city business or anything. He doesn't seem like a truck kind of guy. He seems like a Prius kind of guy. I would see a Prius before a truck. It seems strange that he'd be driving. I'm not saying he wasn't, but maybe it, maybe he was just test driving it. That's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, so because you know the, the, Portland is just such a weird green, you know, a green blue city. Uh, but it seems like he'd be driving something that was very environmentally friendly. But whatever. Okay, so he's driving a truck. He's driving he, a truck. He's at Car Toys, presumably buying a kicking system so he can boom for the homies. Uh, and then he presses the accelerator instead of the brake, and yeah. he goes all and pushes another car across the parking lot into a third car. Yeah. All right. And then the witness gets close to him and says, "This is the witness's allegation." That he smells of... Alcohol on his breath, possibly beer. Some sort of booze. Hmm. And yet the cops come, and the cops don't do anything. Yeah. Did they issue a citation? Did they ticket him? No, because there were no injuries. But they may have not... It doesn't say how close the cops got to him. All right. I thought that they were, I thought you would be ticketed regardless. In other words, even if nobody... Look, I hit a car one time. I mean, this is the only accident I've ever been in. Uh, I hit a car and there was no injuries, but they still gave me a ticket. They, yep. gave me, they sat right by the side of the road and ticketed me right there. And Adams was cooperative, even now, to clean up the mess that he made. Well, I mean, somebody pointed out, look, I'm not suggesting anything untoward happened on anybody's part. But somebody noted that that he is, in fact, their boss. So because he is the head of the executive branch and the police are the executive branch as well. They are responsible for enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. So that's a little odd. I'm, again, not suggesting there was anything uh, sort of improper involving Sam Adams that that's just that seems very, very implausible. Uh, but it's odd that there wouldn't be any ticket. I thought that they had to issue a ticket if there was a moving violation that took place. Maybe they're giving him another chance. If you were the mayor, though, wouldn't you almost demand a ticket? Yeah, you don't want to look like you're getting special treatment. That's mm-hmm. right. Caesar's mm-hmm. wife must be above reproach. Mm-hmm. Not that he's Caesar's wife. You know what I'm talking about. Here's yeah. Tim Riley. So uh, Marie Osmond is uh, discussing her lesbian daughter. Hot. On the radio. <laughs> Contrary to rumors, Marie spoke about how much she loves and supports her daughter, Jessica, who, according to uh, her record, shows that she was born in 1987 and adopted. Uh, naturally, the gay marriage question came up, and Marie spoke in support of civil rights, regardless of their orientation. Even though technically she's still a Mormon, isn't she? She hasn't been tossed out. So this is the uh, this is the daughter who makes Jesus cry. Yes, and she's adopted. She's adopted. I wonder if the rest of the Osmonds, if they sort of, if that's the cold consolation that comforts them at night. Well, at least she's adopted. She's not from our line. Maybe there's like a junior varsity team yeah. that doesn't get to perform with the rest. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so I'm looking at a picture of what I believe to be Marie Osmond's lesbian daughter, and it's not that she's you unattractive. You to be your special friend? Well, she is, uh, it's not that she's unattractive. She does have a little bit, she is a little, um, a little butch looking. It, not even butch looking, she's just, she's just not very feminine. It's like she's trying to make feminine work, and it doesn't. It's, it, it's just, it, it, it doesn't seem to be a real natural, uh, natural state for her. That being said, uh, you know, anybody, I mean, look, whatever gets me closer to Marie Osmond, I know that makes me sound stalkery, but what are you going to do? Here's Tim Riley. A man uses a weed whacker on a pit bull, and it works great. So write that down if you live in a neighborhood that has one. John Taylor. 
A man said he was forced to beat a pit bull with a weed whacker to save his own life. Just to help out, his girlfriend threw a vacuum cleaner at him, too. That's fantastic. That's random. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, an orphan mountain goat finds a new family at the Oregon Zoo. This female kid named Montaigne was found in the desolate mountain area of Pocatello. Well, the Idahoans didn't want a mountain goat. They have enough there, apparently, already. So uh, she is fortunate enough to find a new home at the Oregon Zoo, where she'll officially be introduced to the public on May 11th. Write it on your calendar to meet the new orphan mountain goat. That's a water-skiing squirrel is what that is. <laughs> the Lumberjacks say they're going to leave Portland. They've had enough. They announced the club will not be coming back to Portland next season. Sorry, they've already made up their minds. So that's a, now is a, Sarah Nutter, there's a Portland uh, uh, DJ of some prominence, Daria, uh, who's married to one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the deal? Uh, yeah, I believe so. They had that, like, superhero wedding thing. So if the, so if the Lumberjacks move, do they just yank that guy up and just stick him somewhere else? In the, I mean, that, that's how the sporting, that's how the sporting world behaves, right? He just gets transplanted to some other place? I believe that's the case. Interesting. All right. And that's the lacrosse team, which I, I, lacrosse is one of those things that I just can't, I can't. It sounds very French. But I can't, so I would, you know, it surprises me that it's got such a big following here, although I can't quite get a handle on whether it does. I'm unclear about whether people actually care about lacrosse or if it's just a thing that was here in Portland, so by definition we had to all pretend like we cared about it. Does anybody have any ideas to whether it's actually popular? I think it is. I know a lot of people who watch it yeah, and who play right. it. There's Tim Riley at the news desk. The president wishes everyone a happy Cinco de Mayo. Gracias. Bienvenidos. Welcome the uh, Cinco de Cuatro. I think he made a mistake. He's off prompter. He's off prompter. The White House. Uh, we are a day early, but uh, we always like to get a head start here uh, at the Obama White House. I wonder if he just likes saying Obama White House back to back. I he, would. I mean, that, if I was him, I'd just be saying that all the time just because so you can hear the tremors happening everywhere in the middle of the country. Oh, and very quickly, the guy who ran up on stage at Britney's show says he's sorry. I saw that she was freaking out. I'm right in Britney Spears' face, and I just scared the crap out of her. I would apologize for scaring her. I guess I caught her off guard, and that was completely not my intention at all. Clearly, I'm not dangerous. No, he does seem very odd, though. Did you see the footage? Not to get a reality show. Man, she was... Uh, I have to give Brittany credit that, that, that she actually, when this guy failed to leave Brittany alone, she actually was able to, to get her step back pretty quickly. It only took her about 15 seconds to remember. And I have to say, to correctly identify where she was in the choreography. So however stoned she seems all the time, and she seems very, very stoned, she was able to memorize and then resume two hours worth of choreography without really missing the, much in the way of a step. So good for you, Brittany. Did she keep her steps pretty well when you saw her? Um, well, I gotta say, A, two things. One, A. Does she have those Arthur Murray footprints on well, the floor so she can follow them? Again, you know, as much as we like to say that she's a train wreck all the time, and she is in a lot of ways, she was able to remember two hours of choreography, which I couldn't do, but she is always phoning it in. Of all the people, she is always selling it the least. And it's, Lara believes that this is just her opinion, that she believes, she seems very, very, very medicated. So, there you go. All right, Tim Riley, what were today's biggest headlines? Well, thank you for asking. I will tell you, the Portland Lumberjacks are leaving town. An orphan mountain goat finds a new home. And one of the witnesses to the mayor's fender bender claim he smelled alcohol on his honor's breath. Tim, that was concise and informative. That was flawless. As it should be. Thank you so much.
Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, James Roof, Don Taylor from Cinematical, and Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds, and executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. We have Smells Like the 90s next with our good friend, Buzz. We will see you all tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. It is Tuesday, May 5th, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Bye now. She is a typical white person.